We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? What's up? Welcome to another edition of Talking Buffalo Podcast. Casual Friday. That means we are at Casey's Black Rock, 484 Amherst Street, in the heart of Black Rock. And I got, well, not one, but two guests with me today. First one, my typical Friday partner here, uh, Joe Yurden, and I'll tell you right now before we even get going. So last week, you kind of played therapist I did. for me, man. I spilled out all the stuff about my son and everything that's going on, so you were kind of therapist this week. I think Joe Yurden might be. Uh, I gotta. Playing, I gotta but, be more like Dalton from Roadhouse. I think this time you might be playing referee <laughs> before before this podcast is over, and that is because I am also joined by a regular on the podcast, but somebody who is live with me for the very first time. Joe from Queens at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. I think I'm being generous when I say he's a lightning rod <laughs> on social media with some of his takes. What's going on, dude? Good to see you in person, man. How you doing? It's a pleasure to finally meet you again. It's, this is the second time we've seen each other in like two 48 days. 48 hours. Yeah. 48 hours. You look really good in person, man. I'm I'm, I'm envious of your 50-year-old jeans. I, I'm still kind of shocked by it, to be honest with you. I all mean, right, your I, hat is on, so you might have like a mohawk or I don't have I don't have much hair at all. Man. You know, a Kramer hair underneath <laughs> or whatever. But I digress. All right, so listen, before today is over, I've said this on Twitter a couple times, jokingly for the most part, but also semi-serious, man. We're gonna evaluate and examine Joe. You know what? So I'm gonna call Joe Yurden Yurden today. Okay, and then I'll just say Joe for Joe from Queens or Buffalo Wins, whatever way I, it comes out it comes out i just don't want the audience listening to get confused i'll, I'll accept hockey nicknames too yurds yurdy yurds yurds is perfect okay. all right call so me it's, asshole it's fine no joe's good joe and <laughs> yeah, <asshole later>. joe. <laughs> before today's over and i've said this on twitter a couple times we're gonna evaluate is joe a harsh critic or is joe a straight-up hater at least on Ooh. social media man and i'm looking forward to to kind of maybe finding that out Okay. So, you, so I got wait. So I got to be Ed Hockley on this one and, and weigh no, in. No, you got to be Earl Hebner. Come on. Oh you know, yeah. Rest, rest I got to rook it. That's right. Yeah, I'll be Danny Davis. I'll yeah, just be. Oh, he, he was thoroughly corrupt. dirty. Yeah. He was a corrupt ref. <laughs> it's not you know, good. You know, that's funny. I accept all bribes. We were talking. Joe and I, Joe Yurden and I were talking about it before. Uh, Joe, who by the way, of course, first time live. 
casually late, casual Friday. So I guess Joe's <laughs> hey. casually late. Now, in fairness, his boss was calling him, and you got to handle your business before you you do the podcast. Am I going to be able to draft something? No, we're what? not doing it. Oh, you know, so if, this isn't casual. I, 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 this I, is some BS. I'll tell you, I'm already, I'll, I'll no a, wings, I'll, no drafting. I'm just, I'm. I'll make a deal with you. If sometime throughout the podcast, if you can come up with a good category, maybe we'll have a little impromptu. The draft. worst people of Buffalo. No, that's a that's whole a good episode. Dra- that's a good draft. Burn it all though. down and salt the ground. We've, yeah. we've teased that before. I've had yeah. when I when I've had Joe on the podcast. We've teased that Joe is very determined to have it. I'm looking forward to. I'm not when that we determined, do it. but yeah, sure, very determined, determined to have it. <laughs> We're gonna have a worst of Buffalo, and he's gonna come oh, up with man. a list of the worst people of Buffalo. It's gonna be a long Ooh. ass list. It's like the list of Jericho. <laughs> before we get into some stuff, and I'm sure some things we're gonna agree with, some things we're probably gonna argue with. I do give you credit because. If nothing else, you're not afraid to to call people out. You're not one of those people who search for popularity. You know, you know, you're like you're not fishing for likes. You're not looking necessarily for followers on Twitter. So I, I will, I'll give you credit for that for sure. Where a lot of people, maybe to some extent myself, I, I mean, I'll admit it. I don't, I don't actively seek followers and likes, but I don't mm. dislike them either. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Joe? I'll take them if they show up, but yeah. like, you know, well, yeah. I'm in for fun. Yeah, and I, I have nothing to lose. Look, I don't have a website. I'm on this podcast once when, like, your other 30 guests no show, <laughs> and then you have me on, but I'm not getting anything. I'm not gaining. I don't have a website anymore, and when I had a website, I always prided myself on, like, I was very honest, and I didn't follow the crowd, and, like, that's just how I roll in terms of that. That's and I, fair. Yeah, and I'm just not, I'm not I, you know, people th- like think, like, my shtick is, like, oh, you're just miserable. That's not my shtick at all. I'm just, I'm just telling you how I feel. And that's it. I mean, uh, and, and like, I like if you think I like I'm miserable on Twitter, then you have to like bring up examples. Like, well, you, this take here makes you miserable, so I can like defend myself. Don't throw like a a whole generic. Ah, you're just miserable. I'm like, what am I miserable? I'm happy. I got a fiance. <laughs> she's got money. <laughs> like, you know, like I don't mean like that. Hopefully, she's not listening to that part. But she's very nice. She's she's a great girl, and you know, I'm doing well for myself, and you know. I don't, I'm not miserable at all. Bill's Twitter makes me can come across as making me miserable, but there's things I like to call out that I think I have have merit to say. You, you know do. what I mean? Like I do, I, and that's it. And like I understand, you know, I try not to insult. Okay, that's a lie. I do insult people, <laughs> but like when it's a serious discussion, like like if I'm talking about media and like how they present themselves, I try to be as like mature as possible. I know Rock and Waro, and I made fun of him before, but like, and things like today, like when we had on Thursday with the COVID stuff and like opinions, like I try to be respectful about it. You know what I mean? Whereas, and we're going to get into those. Yeah. Too. And we'll get into that. Whereas, you know, some jackass comes into my mentions and is angry because I said, all Bill's tattoos are ugly, which they are. <laughs> sorry, you know, and they and that person ended up getting a Twitter tattoo or get a, he got a tattoo that was panned by everyone as being ugly, and then I get yelled at because oh, how dare you say his ugly tattoo is ugly when everyone said the, the drawing was ugly? Sorry, I'm talking about from something from two weeks ago, but yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm honest about it, and I don't, I'm not, I lose followers all the freaking time. You know, and I'm like, like I saw, I, <laughs> I'm I, sure you do. I, I lose them, and like I'm, I'm that, I'm that jerk off who, who does. There's like Twitter, there's like websites where you can see how many people unfollow you, and I do check it on occasion because I follow a lot of people, and part of it was like when I first started on Twitter, I used to just follow everyone who followed yep. me back, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, okay, well, like I look at it because I'm like, oh, I follow this guy, and I never talked to him, but he unfollowed me. I'm like, I could get rid of him now, <laughs> but you know, in terms of that, I'm not looking like I try to say what's on my mind, and I try to be 
at least somewhat fair about it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't go along with the crowd at the end of the day. That's, and that's just how I've always been. Even going back to Buffalo Wins, Joe Blogspot, whatever the hell that was called back in like 2009, <laughs> that's how I, I rolled. Before we dive into some topics here, Joe, and again, you came in, you were talking to your boss, you had stuff going on, and we pretty much have dived right into this podcast. You really didn't get a chance to look around too much, but this is a pretty cool place, ain't it, man? Casey's Black Rock, this is nice. It's nice. It's, yeah, it's like a nice it. I, neighborhood I like bar, man. It's got a lot of uh, different memorabilia. I don't know if you noticed, but the owner, Vinny, is a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. There's a whole wall dedicated Chief to the stuff. Chiefs in there. This is a it's oh, a man. cool, like, typical Western New York neighborhood bar, man. And I know Joe, Joe Yerden and I mm-hmm. have talked about this many times. It's like my kind of place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like these kind of places. I hope the Allen stands come in here and start yelling at him because he's got Mahomes <laughs> stuff on the wall. No, no, they respect I mean, it. Okay. There's uh, a lot of Chiefs okay. fans who come in here. It's almost like a Chiefs backer bar in a way. I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of Bills fans here, too, of course. But I like that because, like, in Florida, where I, where, where I live for the last five years, you live in New York, so it's not, like, necessarily Bills country. There's lots of backer bars for other teams. You know what I mean? And so, but in Buffalo, you don't see backer bars for many other teams. So to see a Kansas City Chiefs backer bar, I kind of I kind of think it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many how many backer bars are there like in buffalo for other football teams. i don't know man do you know that's many a good Jordan? question i've never looked at because i'm not looking for a lions backer bar because it would just be a sad pathetic party <laughs> for people not even a party just every week would be a different funeral of doom but um, yeah but i've never looked that up i don't i don't know if there's like a dolphins backers bar like stuff like that i have no idea that's well, a, that's the crazy thing about new york is like there's backers bars for every team mm-hmm. like it, there's like an arizona cardinals backers bar and i'm like it's like that in florida you know, too yeah. not buffalo though like i said the buffalo everybody's nope. i will say albany area there are backers bars different teams, teams all over the place and the bill the bills one's actually the best one that's not me playing favorites because i know the, the guys that started the albany bills backers club but it's at a it's at the probably the best bar in albany and they have fun and like they make they do the wings they do the beef on whack they do all that stuff and it's made to specs so it's good right but you can also get your albany doesn't have a food necessarily but they do your mott sticks with raspberry melba sauce that's like the main albany trait it's really good yeah people look at me like i'm insane but like (laughs) trust me it's good well one more thing then we're going to dive into some topics two things about this bar that i really like one we didn't talk about this last time we're here there's actually a patio back there, which is oh, yeah. pretty cool. So you can sit out there. There's five or six tables. Now, again, we're in Black Rock. Let's be real here. I would limit my uh, patio time probably to, to the daytime. <laughs> Unless I'm smoking a cigarette, I don't smoke. But if I did, maybe I'd go out there at night. But I think that's really cool. And another thing, well, at least Yurds and I are drinking it anyway. Utica Club, man. You don't see a lot of bars on draft. that have Utica Club on Wait, draft. What's this Utica Club thing? It's a... Uh, it's a relatively Let's have the beer person it, it's, it's a, it's a, this because you don't know. Go ahead. Beer well, uh, uh, Utica Club is made by uh, I think it's the FX Matt Brewing Company in uh, in Utica. Okay, it's an old shit beer. Um, there was a bar in Troy that did like dollar swill cans, and Utica Club was one of the cans in their pick your own beer thing. It's good. Like, Damn. there's so many local beers that are just like, oh my god, this must be shit. It's like, nope, actually, really good. Like. You go to Minnesota that like you ask for like a grain belt premium. People are like, what the hell are you drinking? Dude, it's great. So like here, I don't know what the Buffalo version of that would be. 
Honestly, maybe Genesee. Eh. No, that's Rochester. Yeah, that is like, Rochester. Rochester. I don't think Buffalo has a legitimate think... Buffalo version of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. like maybe back in the day, Iroquois would have been it, but like Iroquois doesn't exist anymore. So, um, but yeah, like it's <laughs> it's know, like well, Central New York's it, trash beer, it's, and it's it, great. It's funny you say Genesee because growing up, Genesee was definitely the. Uh, the Buffalo beer, even though it's Rochester. Like I always thought growing up, like Genesee, that's a Buffalo beer. Then you like realize you peel back the onion. It's like, Oh no, it's a Rochester beer. But I feel like Buffalo has always used Genesee as like, this is our local shit beer. You're an admitted bear snob. Like you're a craft oh, beer hell guy. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. That's I'm getting a real big kick out of the fact <laughs> that we're sitting there at a table at a corner neighborhood bar right now. Joe and I are drinking Utica club and, and Joe from Queens is drinking a Budweiser. Bud Light actually. Bud Light. I, I, All right, I'm, Bud on Light a we, I'm on a wedding diet. Thank you. Uh, but yes, it's uh I was in a panic it's when good. I told you when I told you to order it for me because I had to talk to my boss. But uh, yeah, the Bud Light it's fine. I mean, I, I don't discriminate against beers. I know I, I'm a craft beer snob, but I don't discriminate against like shitty beers. But yeah. I do think you need to try both, mm-hmm. which you mm-hmm. have not. Yeah. All right. So listen, we're going to get into a couple serious topics, and I want to provide a little context here because Joe and I and again I keep getting I don't want to get the knees confused. Joe from Queens. We've, this is our first, well, our second time meeting, second time in 48 hours, physically in person, but we've been friends now. I consider us friends, not just like social media. If you're friends with someone, you're friends with them. We've been friends for well over a decade now, man, going back at least, what, 10, 12 years? Can I, can I tell a quick story uh, sure. about you? and I? So Pat used to run Buffalo Sports Daily, which was a website for Bill Sports, and when I started my blog, this is before Buffalo Wins, it was like a blogger site called Joe from NYC. And Pat was like, one night Pat was like, it was the draft. And like, I, 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 I had randomly emailed Pat mm. like before the, this is a Spiller draft okay. in 2009. And I said, hey man, you know, I'm trying to get my name out. Like, cause I was like trying to get people to read my blog. Right. I'm like, do you mind just take like maybe linking my website to like your website? And then next thing I know, he basically copied and pasted like my article, put it in there and was like, if you want more hot takes, go to this guy's site. <laughs> and I was like, all right, thanks, man. Like, that's cool to do it. And then for one draft night, the Spiller draft, he had me run the chat, the cover it live chat. Yeah, and I don't know where you went. I think he went to go get shit faced, to be honest with you. And, and I had to like run it. And I was, because I didn't know who Pat was. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll run it. Uh, I mean, I'm new, <laughs> I'm new to the blogosphere. And this is like 2009. So I'm like, like watching the draft while typing out. Okay, the Bills might be going for Dan Williams here. No, they go for CJ Spiller. Why the hell did they do that? <laughs> like, and I, so that's like that's actually when I like remember our first like interactions with each other was like me asking you, hey, can you promote my website? And you just kind of like sometimes taking some of my articles and saying, if you want to read it, go to this thing right. on your page because you needed writers aside from you. You know, and I was like, I "Yeah, did. sure, fine." You know, it's funny. You look. I look back. Then Chris Trapasso was also a guy who uh, ended yeah. up writing for my website. And he was nobody. He was a nothing at the time. No mm. disrespect to Chris. Now he's huge, man. I mean, he's working for CBS it's, Sports. It's the early years, man. The early years. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. His formative years, and he's went on to do way. I'm kind of jealous of him. You know, he comes and writes for me, and he ends up being he way better than too. I am. He wrote for me too, yeah. like for a hot second, and so did Rob Quinn. He wrote yeah. for me too, man. Yeah, yeah. and then we. Anyway, anyways, yeah. the draft. So anyway. The draft every year, I've, I've made it, until the last year I didn't do it, but I've made an annual tradition to just get completely shit-faced and bombed every year mm-hmm. on round one of the draft. Like, I would, me and my friends would play a game where 
I would guess the draft. I had to guess the pick when there'd be five minutes or, or more on the clock. And if I was right, we would end up doing shots. Mm-hmm. So we'd end up getting shit faced. At least if it was a, <laughs> a good year anyway. But what I was getting at here is that we've been friends, I think, for a while. And I agree with a lot of your takes and some I don't agree with. And one thing about being friends is I ain't afraid to argue with you and debate something if I don't agree with it or part of why your take is what it is. So I'm just putting that out there for people to go. No, well, I no. would hope you would be honest with me. I'm um, going to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. And, and you too, you're in. Of course. Yeah. I would be. And you feel free to tell me like I'm terrible at, at my Twitter game. I'm fine to to uh, defend Dude, myself. I, I'm team anarchy. Like when you stir it up, I'm all into it. I'm yeah, just like, see? you kind of not are. to be like the Joker. I just sit back and I'm like, good, good. Somebody's, somebody's doing something that I would rather like to do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I, I want to get into a little bit of COVID talk here in regards to the Buffalo bills, because whether we want to talk about it or not. And on Tuesday's show, Matt uh, Perino and Ryan Talbot were my guests. And it's like nobody wanted to talk about it, but it's too important of a story to you can't gloss over it because mm-hmm. there's just too much going on right now. A Bills trainer who was fully vaccinated tested yep. positive, and several players got sent home who were unvaccinated because of close contact. Those are the protocols. Those are the rules. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cole Beasley, which I'm sure we're going to talk about him in a minute. Gabriel Davis, Starla Tutele, who, by the way, opted out of the 2020 season because of COVID concerns. So mm-hmm. I found that really interesting that he's not vaccinated. That is puzzling to me. Yeah. And then Vernon Butler, who I think is anything but a lock to make this football team, despite mm-hmm. you know being a former first-round pick and all that. So those guys all got sent home for five days. And my first thought was, you know, right now, this don't mean too much because it's late August and it's the preseason. But if this was the regular season, those are key players. Those are two yep. important wide receivers that you're run-stuffing defensive tackle that you're supposed to be relying on mm-hmm. and, and a rotational defensive guy who's, you know, who's out. Um, let's start here, Joe, because, I mean, obviously you have very strong opinions on the vaccination and – uh these players specifically, and this is where, I don't know, <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> laughing as I'm saying this, because in a way, for, for starters, let, let me throw this out there too as I'm gabbing here a little bit too much, but I am fully vaccinated. I was amongst the first to get fully mm. vaccinated, and you can bet your ass w- w- when the booster's available, I will be one of the first in line to get it, all right? So right. I am pro-vaccination. I want to make, I want that to be very clear right now. I... <laughs> Joe's takes towards Buffalo Bills players that are not vaccinated. I want to say one thing, and then I'm going to let you go here because this is actually funny in a way. You said something a, a, a day or so ago, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. He said the Buffalo Bills better be good this year because they've become in the most unlikable taints. <laughs> he said the word taints, taints, yes. taints in franchise history. So talk, talk a little bit about your feelings right now about – some of these players in, in uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Cole Beasley's obviously very vocal, not against necessarily vaccination, but against having to get vaccinated, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What, 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 do you, what are you thinking right now with everything that's going on? Because this is a good football team, and this matters. This is, this is affecting them negatively. Let, let's, let's just take away the humanity part of it and, like, doing your due diligence because, like, the CDC wants you to do this and like the science says to do this. Let's just talk about this as like a football perspective. The NFL isn't messing around when it comes to you getting a COVID. It doesn't matter if your symptoms are, Hey, I have a, like a, a cough and that's it. You get COVID, you get shut down. 
Like, that's it. The NFL shuts you down for basically two weeks, okay? Mm -hmm. And that is why I've been really adamant about these players, like, getting the shot. Because if if you don't get the shot... You're susceptible to get COVID, obviously, more so than if you have the than you, than you, if you have it. It's 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 a fact. That's the sure. science of it. Agreed. And I've been bitching about this since April. You know when the COVID came out and Cole Beasley started yelling and Rachel Bush started yelling and it's just like, what are you guys like? You're jeopardizing the football. Like again, the football element of it. Mm. Okay. Like and like Bill's Twitter. This is where I hate them so much. Sometimes <laughs> is I feel like eighty. Well, we'll just say 75% of them have gotten their vaccine, but there's this like, well, we have to enable Cole Beasley into being an idiot because we want to, we, we love the bills and we have to always be, be on their side. And that's where I have an issue because you're enabling him and other players to, to not, not get the shot because they think it's fine that they don't get the shot. But again, the NFL would shut you down. And I have said this before. Can you imagine? You just said it before. Like, what if this was a regular season? What if this was the Super Bowl? And there's an outbreak, and the Bills make it, and they got to go with Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback or Jake Fromm. This city would burn to the ground. Okay, with with I mean, they mm-hmm. would blame Cuomo or who, and he sucks. But like, they blame everyone basically. Out like they would try to blame other people besides like the Bills. And like that's why I'm so adamant about this. In like you know. 60% of my annoyance about this is the football part of it because those are the rules and the NFL should be dicks about it. Okay, you don't want like there to be an outbreak, you know, you don't want there to be like they'll someone could sue someone from the NFL, like a player could like sue the team maybe because they didn't provide a good workstation where like they made these guys get the vaccine or they didn't. Okay, it's incredulous to me like we're going to have we're going to have a stadium full of fans that half of them aren't vaccinated possibly and who know I really doubt they're going to wear masks. I mean, let's be honest here. But like you could have that to where they can contaminate the players cuz they could have a cough and the cough and the air goes in the fucking into the air and it gets into the player system. So like Part of my anger is towards just the rules of that. Like, the, the NFL has made it clear, and they should make it clear. Like, you know, I don't want Josh Allen to get COVID. I mean, obviously, on a humanity standpoint, like, don't get COVID. He seems he seems like a nice guy, even though his fans suck. But, like, you know, I, I want, you know, <laughs> on a football sense, if I'm caring about the Bills and their wins, like, they need to get fully vaccinated because of it. And it's a competitive disadvantage. I, I didn't want to cut you off there. Okay. Uh, I've got a question, though. And I don't care for anything that Beasley says. I he drives me crazy. He's an idiot. He's, he's dumb as hell. Um, he did raise a point though that the person who tested positive was somebody who was vaccinated, and then he very roundabout almost found the way to the to the to being like, oh, I'm enlightened. I should get the shot. But he said he's like, oh, it's somebody who's vaccinated. They still passed it on. To, you know, they still tested positive, and. They're like, well, you know, there are even some guys who are vaccinated who are like they're asking them to sit down. At that point, though, aren't you saying like when when you're doing this and you say like, oh, okay, if this is how it's going to be, isn't the whole point of getting vaccinated the point to cut all of that out? And Colby has got to think like, oh, well, you know, if these guys are still catching it, then like, uh, what's the point? I don't have to get I don't have to get the shot. It's like, no, dude. This could kill you. It's a new thing. Are you saying like what he should like? I mean, someone should tell him, I would say like, yes, as of right now, you can get COVID if you're vaccinated. I mm. think mainly because of the variant, which, you know, when all of this started going down three, four months ago, right. the variant was kind of an afterthought. And because people weren't getting herd immunity, 
this kind of like manifested. Yeah. I'm pretty certain I'm going to say that the guy, I mean, I could be wrong. I shouldn't speculate, but I'm going to pretty much, I would assume that the trainers, his symptoms aren't that bad. And that's what they said. They said, oh, he was feeling a little bit like out of it. And then he just got COVID tested and he had, and that's where the vaccine comes in. Right. You know, and that's what Cole Beasley, you know, should consider that. Like, yeah, you can still get it, but your symptoms aren't going to be terrible. Now, shouldn't those guys still get, the guys who are vaccinated still get tested because they can carry it? Because yes. they get like, it's say, like what, every two weeks or something yeah, they get tested? I would say they should, but I think what the NFL wants to do, and that's, and you can, that's, this is what we can get into, is mm-hmm. they want these players to get vaccinated and they want to make their lives and living hell, which I'm not going to lie. I kind of agree with them. Yep. I kind of think the government should do the same thing, you know, yep. so for those who don't want to get vaccinated, you know, and that's why I never understood when the, when the whole, when back in like June, when like the Erie County polling cars said like, oh yeah, you got to get a shot to go to a Bills game. I was like, great. Awesome news, buddy. Mm-hmm. And then like three weeks later, nah, it's fine. You can come in there with as long as you have a mask. I, I want to add one thing. So with Cole Beasley, I don't agree with a lot of shit he's saying. I think it's an absolutely, you know, if we're going to call him an idiot, I think he's an idiot for even using his Twitter. It's just there's no benefit to doing that, okay? But I will say one thing, and I want to read his quote, and then I want to add to it because I'm going to use myself as a personal example right now, okay? So this is what he said on Thursday. And by the way, we are live here at Casey's Black Rock. You can hear the noise picking up in the background. People are here having a good time, which is good. Anyway, Cole Beasley said today, don't worry, they got me too. We saw about in response to Isaiah McKenzie getting fined for getting caught not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. He says, but I was wearing a mask when I was in close contact with the fully vaccinated trainer who tested positive and I still got sent home. So what's the point of the mask anyways? Meanwhile, I'm still here testing negative and can't come back. Make it make sense. That was his tweet. A lot of that is stupid. But there is one thing I will say, and this is I think this is a fair point, okay? You're, if people, and this is where I'll use myself, okay? Mm-hmm. Before I got vaccinated, I was very 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 careful okay mm-hmm. i rarely went out and i was in florida which florida they canceled covid last july all right let's just be honest yeah here. people were going to bars playing volleyball doing everything i was not doing that i wore a mask literally everywhere i went into the store wherever anytime mm-hmm. i was anywhere i was wearing a mask i got vaccinated and i'm not afraid anymore i'm i'm going wherever i want to go mm-hmm. i'm not wearing a mask because I'm fully vaccinated and I feel like either A, I'm not going to get it, or B, I'm going to be protected. So I, I think that the point layered in all this, what I think Cole Beasley's trying to say, and maybe saying it the wrong way, is that people who are unvaccinated, well, at least if he's telling the truth, if he really is wearing a mask everywhere in the facilities, and if that's not a lie, which to be fair, it probably is a lie because they've shown yeah. clips of his press conference back a month or so ago, and I mean, he literally didn't even have his nose covered, so he wasn't probably even wearing his mask real. Mm-hmm. But if he is, there are people out there who are being careful, who are wearing a mask, who are not vaccinated because they have to. So there are at least some players following the rules. They're being safer to me than somebody like myself or maybe this Bills trainer, and I don't even know who it is, but who are vaccinated, who are just walking around with worry-free because they're vaccinated. So they're not worried mm-hmm. about getting COVID or they're not worried about getting sick. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm yeah. trying to make sense of it, but. Well, that's where like the 80% thing comes into play. Like you know, when you hit that 80% threshold, you get more freedom to do whatever at the facilities, everything. But if you get below that, then it's like mask everywhere, you know, no sitting together. None of like, you can't like you get all your, all the things that you want to do, you get basically taken away. And I think that's probably got to be a worry once they cut down to 53, right? Cause 
I got to think that the number of guys that they had to pull out because of that, that's enough guys to really knock down that um, the inoculation rate to be a question where are they even going to be close to 80%? I'm surprised what happened to Deion Dawkins has not hit closer to home with these players. I mean, he sat there, and I, I think we might have talked about it a little bit on our show mm -hmm. last week on Casual Friday. He sat there and was very candid. He said he got sick, really sick. There was a time where he didn't know if he was going to make it. You would think that would resonate more in the locker room and that these guys would just, if for no other reason than like Joe from Queens was talking about, which I do agree with you on this, football competitive reasons only. Forget about the humanization part of it. Get the shots because this is a competitive disadvantage. What's going on in Buffalo right now, mm -hmm. and I don't even think anybody could debate that. Yeah, no, and I and that's that's exactly it. But to go back to why you know his point is with like, well, like you said, like, hey, you got the shot. You feel like you you can walk anywhere without a mask on or anything like that. The thing is, is like things changed from three months ago. Mm -hmm. Three months ago, we were told like, hey, you got the vaccine. You're fine. You're not going to get COVID. And then the variant got bigger and bigger. And now we can get it. And like, I know, like, I'm sure Cole and Rachel are like, oh, well, you got the look at these people. They got the vaccine and, and they got it. And they're like celebrating and like, you know, and it's. It's just idiotic. I and mean, like I think Cole doesn't want to get it because Cole is a, a Fox News brainworms guy who doesn't want to be told what to do. That's what this is all about. Everything he has said, there's no scientific evidence at all that he's put out there. No article from like anywhere that says, "Okay, hey, if you get the vaccine, you're going your dick's going to fall off or whatever." Okay? <laughs> he has basically said, "You can't tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want." And that's kind of what he's doing. And that's what all these players are doing and like that are against this. There's no scientific thing about this. They're watching like the like the, you know, news and they're like we don't got to do it uh you know this 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 cop fought for our freedom or troop whatever like i could do whatever i want i'm sure like when the declaration of independence was signed or the constitution they didn't have this in mind that we were going to go through a fucking pandemic and that's it that, that's why, why why he doesn't want to get it there's and two I, there's two sides of the fence when it comes to players whether it's a, a guy like cole beasley or whether it's somebody like rachel bush my take is this if you're listening to rachel bush or cole beasley when it comes to this stuff then Something's wrong with you. Like, you shouldn't be listening to them. But if you want to come back at me, and I know you're going to, I'm going to agree with you on this. It is dangerous for somebody who has the reach and the following. Like Patrick, Joe, and Joe are sitting here at Casey's, and we're here at a podcast table, and we got a decent amount of followers, and there's going to be people listening to this. But, you know, not thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Rachel Bush has 95,000 followers. Cole Beasley, I don't even know how many followers he has on Twitter. So if you are spreading misinformation, and in some cases, this is legitimate misinformation. That's where it can become dangerous. Two years ago, maybe four, I would say, yeah. What you have to be an idiot if you listen to these people, like these, like a football player, to tell you not to get the shot or whatever. But we live in kind of like a celebrity, like fucking society, where like a celebrity, the the, the former president of this country, who is a celebrity, will just say because he was a reality celebrity before. He told everyone and their mother that the election was fake and what happens. There was no evidence of that at all. And then what happened? A bunch of people believed him. And then and that's where I'm at where like, yeah, you can say like, okay, well, like you're an idiot to listen to Cole Beasley, but these are celebrities and people do listen to them. As much as you and us three can sit there and go, hey, yeah, I'm not going to listen to the, like a celebrity and like I'm not going to listen to the, like, you know, someone make an Oscar speech and then talk about like saving the ozone layer, even if you want to or not, like that's like, ah, you're just a celebrity. At the end of the day, people listen to them, whether they're right or wrong. He has that reach, like you said. And I think it's, and that's the one thing that's pissed me fucking off about the bills. And you can say I'm wrong in this account. They have done nothing 
to like be pro vaccination in terms of like PSAs. They have not done anything where, hey, I am sure the government would be like, hey, has probably approached them and go, hey, why don't you make Ralph Wilson Stadium into like a shot place where you can get a shot. And if you go there, we'll give you a Bills jersey. They're giving 100 bucks to people in New York City to get the shot. And the Bills have not done any of that. And I think, yeah, you could say, well, that's a, who cares? But, like, I think that's a bad example to the players because maybe they think the team doesn't really care about this. The WWF, E, whatever, you know, they are the most conservative. Like, they're a very conservative organization, okay? Like, Linda McMahon works with Donald Trump. And they have wrestlers doing PSAs about, hey, you should get the shot. Get the shot. You know why they want them to get the shot? They want them to get the shot because they want fans to come to the stadium and to, to these shows. And it's incredulous to me that the Bills don't do that at all. Like, they have not done anything. And, and like, they haven't, and, I, and it's it's ridiculous because I feel like they're scared of, like, people like Cole Beasley or Rachel Bush or these bots. And, like, I, it, I, and like the Yankees even did that. And the Yankees are... At, I know you're a fan of them, Pat, but like they're like this. this are you a fan? He's literally yeah, got a Yankees hat on. <laughs> but they're they're very they're like they're on the right side. They're you know they're very conservative, and mm -hmm. like, I, I'm making this kind of political because it does feel like the people who are against the vaccine are Republicans, and, and like they're like they want people there. They're mm -hmm. doing rallies in New York City. Could come to come to the Yankee Stadium, get the shot. We'll give you fucking tickets. And the Bills haven't done any of that. Joe, do you are you surprised that? Sean McDermott, who is usually very vanilla, very bland in his comments to the media, mm -hmm. has been very vocally pro-vaccination, has talked about himself being vaccinated. He's clearly, although he's kind of saying the right words right now, he's clearly frustrated that he's got players like Cole Beasley and Davis and Starla Tutele and these guys who are, un, who are still not vaccinated. Are, are you surprised that his message is not resonating deeper in this locker room that Pretty much, if there's anyone who would get these guys to all get vaccinated, you would think it would be Sean McDermott, but it's not working. You would think so. Um, I, I think the catch with him, though, is that he's he's such a boring guy with every press conference. Like, it's just, you're not going to get anything out of him. He's, he's tight-lipped. Today, he actually, Thursday, he actually went, quote-unquote, off. I mean, he doesn't really go off, but he made his feelings clear about it yeah. and saying, yeah, you know, it'd be really great to have this work out, but he still both sides did. And that's the part that really gets me, where it's just like, dude, you're the coach. You're the you're the guy who it all ultimately falls down on. If things you know, if things fall apart, things go wrong. You're the one who has to answer for it. And if he decides like he's got to both sides that he's like, well, you know, these guys are doing their research. You know, they you know they're doing you know we're doing all that we can to like teach them about this. And and I'm like, well, that's cool. But like, you had eight what eight nine ten dudes have to sit out because they don't they didn't get it like. And they're like not bums. Like these are all guys that are gonna make the friggin' roster. Like, do I? I don't know, man. Maybe you gotta stop. Stop being like, all right. Well, we've showed you everything. If you're not gonna do this, and you're sitting. Yeah, I mean, there's key guys, and four of them are gone for the week, and and we named them. And plus, uh, Matt Milano and AJ Klein were two linebackers. They originally were deemed close contacts, but then they weren't. But now you know that they're not vaccinated. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the the, the numbers are are uh, they're up there. And I'm surprised. Okay, okay. Two things, one, a couple of things I just wanted to throw out about Mike Nermit. He, yeah, he's he's doing it both sides. Like, oh, I respect your opinion. And this is where I get very angry about is like, mm -hmm. no, I don't have to respect your opinion. You're not getting vaccinated because you're wrong. Like, you're wrong. There is no logic to what you're saying. And like, he's taking that like Mr. Rogers. I love you. You love me. Let's be family. All right. That's Barney, actually. But like <laughs> he's doing that approach. And, and maybe he needs to be more like Ron Rivera, like his mentor who is like scorching earth at every press conference. 
to say like why are you guys not doing it like I, this is ridiculous like why do you not like want to do this and i'm going to say this and this could be considered a very hot take but and i want to hear you guys on this mcdermott gets a lot of credit for changing the culture having all these guys buy in you can read countless articles about them loving him and listening to him on this he's kind of struck out in a little bit and like i wonder like as you said, Joe, like, do you is there room for criticism to him and the staff to not get these players to buy into that? And I'm not saying like I get it, like these players, some of these players are super dumb, and they're not you. You can't you can't teach dog new tricks or whatever. But like, is there room for like, hey, dude, like we're gonna give you all these roses for creating a new culture where everyone buys in and they love each other, and you you got all these these 200 articles about the players loving each other. Right now, they're not really falling in line with this. I'm not sure much more, what more he could do. I, I, I honestly don't. And I also, I don't know, like, I don't pay enough attention to the rest of the league, what's going on with, mm -hmm. with players and what they're saying. I do know that it's the Bills that are making the most headlines, specifically Cole Beasley. I think Pro Football Talk had, like, at least two or three articles just about him alone today yeah. in the Bills with the vaccination. I don't know what it's looking like around the league with the coaches and what they're saying because, quite frankly, I'm not paying a lot of attention. I don't know. I mean, I don't like, you're right about him playing both sides a little bit today. I, I think he wants to be careful to not lose mm. players, which I don't know if that makes sense or not. And this is where, you know, we're talking about football. From a football standpoint, if we're only talking about football, which is kind of what we've been doing right now, why would you alienate players by mm. taking that? If you're the coach. Right. And if football reasons only, I'm not talking about human life reasons so maybe that's why he's being like he is but like i said for being as boring and bland and vanilla as mcdermott is i'm actually surprised that he has been as vocally for the vaccination as he has well th what gets me though is that and joe's joe's right like if he gets all the credit for changing the culture doing all this stuff this comes down on him to say like hey man let's get it together here but what gets me though is is it all on him? Is Are there people above him and Bean that are saying, hey, you know what? It's fine. Do whatever you want. Like, we'll, we'll take care of it. And, like, if you're going to have everybody on the same page and you're going to put up this, you're going to say, and I'm not going to say it's putting up a front because I do honestly believe this team is, all, they all got each other's backs. I mean, even Jerry Hughes and Cole Beasley were able to be like, hey, yeah, we totally disagree, but you know what? It's fine. But at what point... Does it become a thing where it's like, dude, you guys are fucking it up bad for us, you yeah. know? And where does and when does that come in, and how do you take care of that in a room where you've kind of let it go, you maybe. know? And I don't know how they're taking care of it in the room. You know, maybe there's, maybe there are some, you know, harder talks happening, but right now, out front of it, it seems like they're not really doing that. They say, nope, we're all on the same page, we're all in this together, blah blah blah. Okay, great, but like, you're not. It's very clear that you're not. I, I would love to. Sorry, Pat. I would love to know how they educate these players in the locker room about this. I don't like, know that like, they do. Uh, like I like, are they just are they just like the the doctor comes on and goes, yeah, I get your shot because of this is happening, or like, are you doing like I I've been saying this since day one that they need to do. Remember how they used to do rookie symposiums where like they come in, they tell rookies, don't spend your money, you know, don't go to strip clubs, kind of thing. Like I got messed up because this happened. Scared straight, basically. Yeah, like are they doing that? Are they bringing in like healthcare workers to come in and go, hey guys, you not you know how like you guys are like sponsors of Children's Hospital, just so you know. I'm a nurse there and not getting the shot is making my job extremely horrible because I got to work 16 hour days. I got to be like, you know, almost get COVID myself, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
I just wonder if they do that because I think it's super weird. And this is McDermott and Bean are micromanagers. They have always been that from the from the PR people to the food to everything. And you're telling me, like, why haven't they told the players, yeah, hey, but guys, by the way, stop tweeting about this. It's weird to me, and part of me wonders if maybe deep down they're pissed off at the situation, but maybe they're pissed off at the league, and they're like, yeah, go to town on Twitter. Bitch up a storm. Because I really do think they, they, they've had it in the past where there's been stories where, like, a player said something that could, can be constructed as bulletin board material. Mm -hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I remember Sean McDermott stopped that. Like, he was like, you can't say that. And it was, like, the most innocuous thing yeah. ever. But, like, this... Like today or Thursday, Isaiah McKenzie was like he did a he did a story on Instagram where basically he was like trolling the rules where he was eating he was wearing a mask at the Bills facility taking it off while eating and then he would put it back on when he was done taking a bite out of it he was basically trolling the rules you're telling me that Sean McDermott isn't like is that's like not something where McDermott would go hey buddy maybe you want to stop that hey you and they haven't done any of that and it's really weird to me. That's a great point. I'll tell you what, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back on the other side, I want to continue this because another thing, and we'll stew on this during the break a little bit here. I just talked about Sean McDermott's inability to get these guys to get vaccinated. Sean McDermott right now has an inability to get Cole Beasley to stop tweeting, which that to me is even more shocking than anything else. And maybe is Cole Beasley like on some kind of power play because he's such a valuable player to this team that he knows, or he's almost like daring the Bills to cut him because of you know his refusal to stop tweeting and stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Plenty more coming up. Joe Yurden, Joe from Queens. We'll be right back after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back taping here live at Casey's Black Rock 44 Main Street. Got a nice crowd going on right now. Got Joe Yurding, got Joe from Queens. All right, so I want to pick up where we left off. We were talking about Sean McDermott, and 
what seems like an inability on his end or whatever management's end. Nobody could get Cole Beasley to stop tweeting right now. And to me, that's surprising and frustrating. Are you starting to feel like maybe Cole Beasley's like flexing on the bills a little bit? Because again, he is such a valuable player on the field. And by the way, I don't want to drift off topic too much here, but I did go to that bills open practice. And this was on the heels of a Cole Beasley Twitter shitstorm a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I wonder what kind of reaction he's going to get. That dude came on the field. Everybody was cheering. I'm, I just want to throw that out there, which is kind of unrelated, but yeah. I, I, I do want to throw that out there. But anyway, my point was this. He's a very valuable player. He's an asset to this football team on the field. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe he knows that? And he's almost like kind of daring this organization to do something because you would think that at least – Maybe it's one thing during the summer, but now the camp's here and the preseason's going on, he would stop tweeting. He's not stopping. I mean, you, we just saw it today on Thursday as we taped this. He's still tweeting. Are you surprised that Sean McDermott can't even get this dude to stop tweeting right now? Well, I mean, he, he did stop for a while because he said his piece and then he put out his rap single and then he was like, that was that. Yeah. And then, you know, um, Isaiah McKenzie kind of opened the door for him to be like, aha, okay. And I mean, they were both fined. Like, it's a lot of money. Like, Stefan Diggs tweeted, I was like, $15,000, a lot of money. Like, it is it is a lot of money. It may not be for those guys, but, like, I love it's, it's still a chunk of change, man. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's kind of rubbing it in their face. Like, he, he, he knows he's an important piece. He knows he's a guy who's vital. Like, he had the most, what, the most receptions on the team last year? He knows they need him. You know, and, it, like, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders looks great in camp. You know, Gabe Davis is another year long. Great, cool. But Beasley's like his safety valve. Like that's that's Allen's safety valve guy. And he knows that like if they cut him, he's gonna be with another team in two, you know, in three days. Twenty teams will line up for him. Right. And using that as a flex to be able to just kind of mouth off about about everything that he's mouthing off about is just bananas. Do you think it's possible, Joe from Queens, that I agree with you. I think he's a hundred percent in the wrong for what he's sweeting and just his stance, period. But do you think that maybe in Cole Beasley's heart, he actually believes what he's saying. You know, we could go back to the election from a year and a half ago or so like that. There were some fans on both sides, whether you're pro-Biden, whether you're pro-Trump, that just didn't like the other side or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are some people, say from the Trump camp or from the Biden camp, who truly in their heart believe what they're saying. Do you think Cole Beasley, even if he's wrong, do you think he truly believes what he's saying or do you think he's just trying to kind of wild the league up like we kind of have suggested that he might be doing right now. Do you think he I think believes it's what both. he's saying? I think he believes it, and he's trying to get people pissed off. I mean, he's trying to, like, be the guy, to be, like, the, the spokesperson for the players, you know, whether you like it or not. Like, I think it's it's why he's doing it. And I think, look, I could be wrong here. You guys, I mean, Pat, I think you follow the league much more than, better than I do, but, like, I know there's some there's been some tweets, like, when the first – I think it was like three weeks ago when they when the NFL kind of announced their protocol for this. Like a, a few players were pissed off. Like Jalen Ramsey, I remember was pissed off. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, like you know, but like they're the poster boys right now. It feels like for this since eight, since Josh Allen had that terrible that dumbass interview with that Kyle Brandt guy where he had like that you know ambiguous stance on it, which like set this whole thing off. And like the Bills have been the poster boy for this. You know, and they're, even the, the people who got vaccinated, like John Feliciano got vaccinated. He sounds like a freaking idiot on Twitter, you know, like saying Fauci lied. I'm like, OK, dude, like we're, I, it's just I, uh, it's just it sucks because like, I, you know, I'm going to go like I don't want to say deep, but like it's the, what has happened to this country in the last like five years has just been like a, just like 
if this was another 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't feel as angry as I am now towards like that side of the, of the table, which you kind of just said, like, you know, these people, maybe they just hate each other to hate each other. That's where I'm at, sadly, a little bit in this. Whereas, like, it's just like, it's just a constant, like, we're all going through this COVID shit, and then we're, co- we're going through this, like, you don't have a right to tell me what to do, and, like, the, the blow-up of cable news and all that sort of stuff. It's just like, I, I wish this was, like, eight years ago where I kind of was like, oh, yeah, I don't really like Republican stances and your stances on things, but whatever. We can agree to disagree. And now I'm just like, I hate you. Get out of my room. I don't want to talk to you right now because you're, like, you have galaxy brain worms right now. And that's why I feel I am with Cole Beasley and his and, like, a few of the players' takes on this. I 100% agree. And But, like, this is what... I mean, I'm not going to blame social media. Social media is just an outlet. Sure. But everything that everything that the sports world is now when it comes to coverage, you know, NFL is a 365, 24-7 news cycle league. Like, that's the way the NFL wants it. That's why they've figured, they've configured their schedule the way to do it. Like, Super Bowl happens in the middle of February now. The You know, the draft happens in May. You know, OTAs are in June or July. And then, you know, you're right back at it in training camp. Like, they want a full year of news. And this is a part of it. And when you're doing that, you're going to get deep dives on this. And you're going to learn stuff about guys that, you know, you're going to you probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you'd never know. You would have no idea. And now that you do, because, hey, all you have to do is go on Twitter or go on Instagram and just be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And then you know everything you need to know about them. I just, I mean, I'm inserting my own personal opinion here. I just can't understand why, for the sake, the betterment of the team, you just don't get your shots. It's that's, incri- that's I, I'm with you. It's such a simple concept. It really is. We could sit there for yeah. three hours and break down a bunch of things. At the end of the day, you're in the NFL. Just get the shot. <laughs> well, I I would disagree. I would agree. I, would, I agree with that. But like their idea of being a team about it was to say that's my it's my personal choice. I don't want to discuss it. Now, which you're right. I mean, okay, fine, but we can pretty much guess that like that meant like no i'm not getting it i think i think covid is the problem right now is that covid is the uh, consequence it is more of a matter of the players don't want the league telling trying to force them to do something that they don't feel like they have to do and unfortunately and, and stupidly covid is kind of caught in the crossfire getting this the vaccination mm-hmm. joe I, joe for queens i'm gonna ask you something and this is and i've agreed with most of what you say even on Twitter, I, I think you're a little bit nuts sometimes the way you, you go after, especially some fans and media, and that's where we're going to turn our attention to in a second here. And then after that, I'm going to follow it up with Joe Yurden because what a what a better, uh, what a perfect person to be able to follow up with because Joe is in the media and he was with The Athletic, and I'm kind of ask you in this situation, but we'll get to, to yours in a minute here. Joe, what I don't agree with, and I want you to explain why. Win me over, okay? Because I'm I'm an open person, man. I don't I'm not close-minded. I might have a stance going into something and come out of it feeling differently. You are you've been very hard, not necessarily disrespectfully. It's not like you're insulting them like personally and saying a bunch of bad names, but you have been very critical of the Buffalo media for not being harder on these players and not calling them out. Why do you think that it is the job of a Buffalo Bills beat reporter to be harder on these guys verbally or written word, whatever you want to call it when it comes to just calling these guys out. I don't, I feel like you've been really hard on some of these guys and I want to hear and girls and I want to hear your rationale behind it. I'll just say this for the COVID point of view of the media. Like you should do more than just quote, tw- just retweet Cole Beasley's tweets 
and then call it a day. Okay, and I've seen that enough. Like you can, as a Bills reporter or a Bills columnist, it's 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 not black there and white. There are no columnists. That's the thing. It's it's not black and white like it used to be. It's like you have hybrids. Like Mike Harrington is like the perfect hybrid. He's a reporter who's a columnist kind of on his pieces. It's it's not 1990 Buff State College courses over here. And like you can you if a player comes to you in any situation and they are completely wrong on something, you have to say to them. This is kind of wrong, buddy. Like when you're interviewing them, I feel like. And right now, these players are. Cole Beasley is tweeting nonsense. That's a lie. He's not. This is, and that's where I think you could you you could be like, well, like when you, I, I I phrase it this way. Why can't you go to McDermott and go, hey, Cole Beasley is tweeting out nonstop like lies, basically. I mean, and I'm gonna. I'm not saying it the best way, but like he's tweeting out nonstop lies about the vaccine, about COVID. Like, do you think you're not getting? You're, do you think he's not getting the right information right now? You know, and like I think there's a, like there's a, a, some people who don't want to like do that in a way. And and and, to, and today when we, you know when we recorded this, there were so many national media people. And I'm not talking like like bloggers or podcasters. I'm talking like people who work for different outlets, like legit outlets, not like Buffalo, that Jacksonville Rumblings or whatever. Like Ed Werner, I, yeah, I, I seen they were names. all dumping on Cole Beasley how stupid he was, and like no one in no one on the bill. The only people on the Bills beat who I think have taken this seriously and how I would probably approach it is Tim Graham, Fairburn, and John Warrow. And me saying the latter part, you know how much me and John like have I have gone bad. But like I think everyone else is either either they're afraid to get a bunch of mentions in a bunch of Bills Mafia weirdos in their mentions. They don't want to lose followers, and maybe they're. And, and then the other part is they're scared that they're going to get a phone call from someone from the Bills, and I'm not going to go into details. I've heard as many stories about them calling reporters and com- yelling at them for the most innocuous things that they reported on and like they don't want to piss them off in that regard but like you if someone is 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 blatantly lying as and this is a story this is a story this isn't like Cole Beasley tweeting about like i don't know al qaeda or whatever like this is this has to this is a new story this this whole covid thing you're supposed to be like call them out or call the coaching out about how this guy is lying. Yards, They're lying. Yards, you well, I mean, you covered the Sabers, so we would have to pretend right now, okay? Mm-hmm. But if this was a, an outbreak or or this was a Saber who was tweeting what he's tweeting, and you're a reporter and you're covering the team as a reporter, do you think it's your your responsibility? And how would you handle it? Would you be calling somebody out? Because my attitude is, and before you answer it, and please, by all means, tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm maybe I'm a dinosaur right now, but to me, there's reporters and there's columnists. And maybe, again, today's world's different, and now you kind of got to be a little bit more hybrid than you used to be. But to me, reporters report news. Cole Beasley saying what he says is news. You saying what you think about Cole Beasley is not news. That's you inserting your opinion and making yourself part of the story, which is fine if you're a columnist. But if you're a reporter, to me, that's not what you're supposed to do. Now, I could easily be wrong. And I trust me, on Twitter today, because me and Joe were kind of going at it, Twitter, mm. and a couple people were telling me I'm wrong. And that, that's very fair. Like, But you are somebody who actually, unlike Joe from Queens and myself here, you've done this for a living, man. You yeah. are a beat reporter. What's your take on that? The basis of, and I, I'm not going to be like, you know, the, 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 you know, the dictionary meaning of blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that shit. But when 
you're a journalist. The the ba- the the building block basics of being a journalist are asking the basic questions: who, what, where, when, why, how. Like three of those questions apply to this situation completely, and the biggest one is why. You know why? You know why is he? You know you can ask McDermott why is Beasley allowed to say this? You know how? You know you can ask Beasley what made you come to this conclusion? How are you studying? You know, you know, what are your means of finding out the information? These are just simple journalistic questions that can be asked. It's not even throwing your opinion about it. It's just getting to the root reason of how you've reached that conclusion and how you've come to that determination that this is what it is and that's how it's going to be. Now, the subject can just decide, I'm not going to answer that, or they can just dance around it and say, like, you know, do whatever. Like, it's, it's kind of the norm how it goes these days. You know, if you ask a hard question, they're going to dance around it. But if you're in the room and like you're with tons of other reporters, somebody has to ask that question at some point. And if it goes around the room and nobody asks a question that push that presses that, then it's on you. Like that's your responsibility. Now, I would hope that in something like this, it's one of the first three questions asked, because if it's not, then it's like, what are we doing here? Because I mean, so, like, granted, when it's a scrum situation and you're trying to like, you don't want to get it shut down right away because the PR guy can come in and be like, that's enough. We're done. Like that's, that's your fear. Every time when you're doing something like that, the PR guy's going to be like, that's enough. We're out of here. You have to kind of tease it and lead in and do, you know, ask a couple of basic questions and somebody has to come in and be like, all right, fuck it. I got to ask. Like, because you have to, you don't ha- there's PR guys respect that players have to know it's coming. And if they don't think it's coming, they're fucking stupid. But like, if you're going to say something like that, you're going to get pressed on it. You better be ready. And if you if you're not pressed on it, everybody's failed. Like every you know, reporter. What doesn't matter if you're a reporter. Doesn't matter if you're a columnist. Obviously, if you're a columnist, you want somebody to say something, flat, you know, really you know, on fire and just making it so that your column writing is way more way easier to do. But you have to ask. Like there, there's no people get so pissed at reporters when they ask hard questions. Like, what are you doing asking that guy that question? It's like you have to. There's no choice. It's happened so many times in the Sabers beat, and Mike's gotten shit on it for a lot, which is unfair. But he's asked, you know, he's been the guy who's really asked a lot of the tough questions a lot of time. People are just like, what are you doing asking that question? It's like, no, if he didn't ask it, Waro's asking it. I'm asking it. Vogel's asking it. You know, somebody's going to ask it. And the Bills have twice as many reporters, twice as many bloggers, twice as many everybody, and they all have a chance to ask it. So, but if somebody's not going to ask it, nobody's doing their job. Even more so than the reporting, Joe from Queens, I, I, it, sounds, it seems to me, and maybe I'm reading the room wrong with you, but it seems to me like you're more annoyed that uh, Bill's beat reporters are not being more vocal, at least on their Twitter, which is their own personal space. Yeah, I like a little bit of that, but like also with, with like, you know, Joe, you you've 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 voiced your opinion in recap articles. Like mm-hmm. you do, you're not just like hear the facts. I'm out. <laughs> peace. You're well, gonna voice your opinion. When I wasn't and, at NHL.com, I was well, able to do that. Did, yeah, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that was that's different. But like, yeah, well, you were at the athletic and other things. Like you voice your opinion, and you were a beat guy on there, and so. It, it, it is part of yes on Twitter they can kind of say like retweet and be like this guy is wrong <laughs> like you they they tell me that like a, a media person will tell you that you're wrong with your with your stance on like a certain sports to take or whatever they can't say that to Cole Beasley on Twitter or like Cole Beasley like tweet it out Cole Beasley is saying nonsense right now on Twitter and not that many people are doing it for the reasons I feel like I laid out and like it, 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 it infuriates me because what do you what do you what are you gaining from not doing that. We all know, like, that the local media and the Bills beat, they hardly break news. 
They don't. So what do you, what do you, what do you, why are you doing that? I don't think any local, and again, I know it sounds like I'm playing buddy-buddy with sports media people because I'm friends with a lot of these people and have relationships with that. They hate you secretly. No, no, (laughs) that It's the same in every market. Local, 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 local reporters do not break news. Dude, it is always a national reporters that break news. That's bullshit. Okay. There are people like the guy in Houston for the Houston Texans. He's been there forever. He breaks stuff. Aaron Wilson breaks stuff and he used to be in Baltimore. There are guys that do break stuff. Uh, the woman in okay. Cleveland, I forget her name. Mary Kay. Mary, yes. Yeah. She two, has broken a two, things. A two-time guest on this podcast. Yeah, maybe. no, she she yeah. breaks stuff constantly. Yeah, she like you can break stuff. You can break stuff and like I feel like so the point is is like why are you like protecting these guys? What are you and, it, and I think it really boils down to some of these guys don't want to piss off fans. They don't want to lose followers. Yeah. They don't want to get like critiqued. I think that's what it is. And some of these guys what they find interesting it's just it makes I I, I have like a, a a DM thread from like other people who are like, how is this being covered? Like, you know, in terms of all of this stuff, like, why is this super fan getting coverage right now? Why is this guy, why is it a constant, like, we got to find the Josh Allen highlight of camp and tweet it out and get a bunch of likes. And it's just like, I, that's what I feel like. It's just, it's just, it's a, a constant click. Like, let's try to get as many likes as we can on Twitter for like innocuous things that don't make sense. Well, mm-hmm. uh, l- let me say this, man. I, I think this is important. I, I think, and I want to make sure I say this correctly too, and I don't want to get this wrong. It does. It met whether you like it or not. Okay, maybe you don't agree with the the, the principle, the spirit of it. Being likable matters today. Okay, I'll, let's go back to the '90s. All right, when you, when you had the Buffalo News. All right, and and Sully was a columnist, and Bucky Gleason was doing hockey, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Okay, guess what? If Sully wrote some shit and you didn't like it, what were you going to do about it? Nothing. You know why? Because you're going to eat his shit sandwich, or you ain't going to read about the Buffalo Bills because there wasn't nowhere else, okay? Same thing with the radio. Chopin the Bulldog been around forever, so I could go back 20 years with them, whatever. If you didn't like what they had to say, where else were you going to go? Mm-hmm. It matters today, and I know that this doesn't sound appealing. I could tell Joe doesn't like this Joe from Queens, but it is the way it is. You, you have to be likable because you know why? Let's just take the Bills for an example here. And your Jay, let's just use the name Jay Skirsky because I was just going on the Buffalo mm-hmm. News, okay? 25 years ago, you're reading Jay or you ain't reading nobody. Now, shit. If you don't like Jay Skirsky, if he's being an asshole to you on Twitter, if he's being aloof, if, he, if he's not engaging to you, you don't like him for whatever reason, guess what? You could go read Matt Fairborn. You could go read Matt Perino. You could go read a, a bunch of uh, Mark, uh, Marcel. You could go read a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. You have more options now than ever before. And it's an age of social media, which 15, 20 years ago wasn't really around. You know what I mean? So I don't care. And if you're a journalist and you're not trying to, no, I want to be careful. And this is why I said I want to be careful. I'm not saying to kiss Bill's fans' ass for followers, okay? That's not what I'm saying either. But if you're not engaging with these people, if you're not having your, your finger on the pulse of what fans are thinking, and stuff like that, and if you're not doing stuff that involves stuff like that, then you're not going to have a job much longer because people aren't going to like you and they're going to go read someone else and your boss is going to see your numbers and they're going to suck. It matters. I would. I don't disagree with your point that like you have to be likable. You, you do. Like you, you can't just alienate everybody. Like you, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, not anymore. For, for some people in this city, it works great for them. <laughs> but like they've also been here for a very long time. So like you can get away with that because you're in a position where you can do that. It's kind of like the Cole Beasley thing. 
they're in a spot where they're not going to get cut. They're not going to, you know, nothing's going to happen. And they're just going to be like, ah, I can be an asshole to everybody online. I don't give a shit. I can do what I want. That's fine. But like, for like, and I, the Bills beat is so much more competitive. There are so many more people that are involved with like yeah, Sabres. If you're, if you're trying to do Sabres stuff, like, first of all, God love you for trying to do it. But second of all, like, it's a much smaller group that you've got to try to fight your way through. But if you're trying to do Bills stuff, you're trying to carve your way through that. You really have to find a niche that you can do stuff and like pissing off players, pissing off people, pissing off fans. All of those things are bad. Like if you're trying to make your way up, if you're already established, you can do that. You can just you can you can throw out a hard opinion. And I don't mean a hot take, but just a hard opinion and just say, no, this is bad because X, Y, Z. Someone like Tim and Graham. Deal with the blowback. Someone like Tim Graham could get away with. That. Oh, yeah, Tim doesn't give a shit. Right. Like, I mean, that's it, fine. But like. Some people are more tactful. Other people are more brash about it. Other people are just like, they don't want any of the blowback at all. And seeing how the Bills Mafia acts towards a lot of people. Psychos. I don't blame them for not wanting to get on the bad side of them because, holy shit, that's, that's crazy. But, like, I think back in the day when I was at NBC and the Sabres were good. Like, you know, mind you, this is like 2010, 2011. Barely can remember. Yeah, right. It's, it's a faded, faded memory at this point. But I remember writing a story about Patrick Coletta getting suspended for whatever reason. And I gave an opinion of just like, this guy's bad. Like, this guy's bad for the league. He just keeps injuring people. He's reckless. You got to give him a stiffer suspension. And I had Sabres people in my mentions like crazy being like, you don't know what he means to us. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just pissed off to all hell. And I was like, dude, I got nothing against him personally. But him, the player, is can't do it. And, like, I was just like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting this kind of blowback. But, like, when you get to a spot where you're, like, you don't care anymore, like, you don't care what people, like, if people are going to be shitty to you, like, so what? Like, what are you going to do about it to me other than just be, you know, say four-letter words to me and call it a day? Like, you can do that, like, all right, see ya, like, bye. But, like, some people don't want to deal with that for whatever reason, and they're totally allowed to do that. But if, but if you make that public, then you're kind of saying, I'm not going to take – a stand when it's necessary because I don't want to deal with your shit. And that to me is, it's a little disingenuous. Do you think it's necessary though, as a reporter and not a columnist to call Cole Beasley out? And I, we keep going on Cole Beasley because he's the one who's been the most vocal, but as a journalist right now, should a journalist be calling out Cole Beasley? It's funny. This all comes up today because I, I read a story from the Washington times on, and again, this comes, this circles back to politics. Um, uh, Maggie Haberman from the New York Times. They did a huge profile about her. She was the main person who wrote about Trump. And a lot of what she did was basically being a stenographer for Trump, just saying, just like, yeah, he said this, blah, 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 blah. And like, could be just like packs of lies, mistruths, everything, all that stuff. And people were rightly critical of, of her for doing that. You know, there's other sites that do that, but she was the main person that covered him. And people were just like, Hey, I wouldn't give her, I wouldn't throw roses at her feet for, for doing that because she screwed up a lot of stuff and people got their dander up. Other people, the New York times are just like, that seems unfair to say that about her. Like blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, no, I think that's a fair criticism. And it all it takes you to do is say, instead of, instead of Cole Beasley said vaccines are bad because they're made by raccoons and I don't want to turn into a bear. Like you can say Cole Beasley lied and said, I don't like these vaccines because they're made by raccoons. And they turn me into a bear. Like 
you can make all you have to do is change that one word and it changes the entire context of it. because if you know outright he's lying you just have to be this guy said either either you say this guy said and you're just being like i'm just i'm just putting it out there or you say this guy lied and you're saying no the truth is they lied saying that they just said it is also the truth but it's not the correct truth Okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I, I, I think I don't need like a, a 5,000 word like piece from a reporter saying why Cole Beasley's an idiot. All I want is like to is for them to go to a player or the coach and go, hey, this guy is tweeting nonsense. The, it's, it's, it's completely lie. It's a, a fabrication. Like, how do you feel about that? Is he not get, like I said before, is he, are you guys not getting the word in? And I'm not seeing that. That's the difference, like, because I think you're you're making it into like the columnist versus like reporter. Like, if 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 if, if Jack Eichel, if if if, if Carter Hudden has a bad game and he allows six goals in, and he goes to Joe to Joe Yurden, yeah, I had a good game today. Is Joe gonna go? Well, I can't give you my opinion on that because you know because of the rules you set. He's gonna say no, you you kind of didn't. You know what I mean? And that's that's where you get you get in that slippery stuff. That's all I want. And like I said, I feel like going back, it's the Bills. I think it's the Bills Mafia. Like worried about them losing losing followers. I think it's more about the followers because I had this conversation. Maybe Joe, feel free to chime in on this <laughs> about like how traffic hits result in like money, and it's not that much. So like I always think about like the whole like oh you know you you gotta be you you talked about you have to be likable. Yeah, you do have to be likable, but at the, in the in the broad scheme of things. You getting those extra 1,000 hits on your website is resulting in 30 cents, probably. And I'm not talking about, like, Buffalo wins, like, like You're dollars. You're talking Google yeah. ads from, like, 12 years ago. I'm talking about, like, Come legit. On, no, but I'm talking about legit publications that I've had this conversation with about how much they, they make off of, like, of a hit. They don't make that much at no. all. I think it's about, and he's shaking, and Joe, you're the, right. yes. No, I agree. And that, to me, spins off to, like, when Beasley got to make his statement, you know, a few weeks ago, and then the Bills paid Twitter to spo- like to sponsor <laughs> an ad showing that entire thing, which it was to me, it's reckless to like put the whole thing out there with no context and just say, here's what Cole Beasley had to say about this. And then they paid for a sponsored ad. That shows up in random people's timelines, what, whether him, you follow them or not. With him talking. With, with him with saying a, the same exact thing. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, like, yeah. like, what does it mean that the team decided, like, nope, we're going to put it out there. We double down. We support our player. Like, if your reason is, like, we support our players, we're a team, okay, but, like, put it into the correct context. Like, this guy's lying completely. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's misinformation. It can get you kicked off of Facebook and should get you kicked off of Twitter. Like... <laughs> Yeah, but like you can't just be like we're a team, we support each other, and put that out there. Like you can't do it. And my follow up would have been like after he makes that statement, the next time you see McDermott, you go to McDermott as a reporter and go, Cole Beasley just said this, and this is a this is a lie. Like, what's your reaction? To, like, not to say what's your reaction. You gotta have something a little bit right. more like to the point. But like, you bring that up to him, mm-hmm. and like I, I like I said, I think some of these guys don't want to do that because of the reasons I laid out, and it's sad to me because I am telling you, every other market, they are dumping the the reporters are dumping on on players that are like anti-vaxxer. They're do, we, they did it all day today, and it wasn't oh, like I said, jokes Warner, across the league. Jokes I'm not, across I'm, the league. I'm not saying you're wrong. What what I am saying is I don't know with other organizations around the league that those local reporters are shitting on guys who might be it's maybe a, not as vocal as Cole Beasley, but certainly, you know, in their own markets, 
are out there. All wow. I have to say is this. It's a weird, it's a unique market here where things that normally aren't news are news, especially in sports. I live in New York City and Fire Marshal Ed, that asshole Jets fan, is not in the in the A block of the 5 o'clock newscast. You can't compare is, New York to Buffalo. No, no, no hold it's on. No. Mar- it's, it's a total different animal. No, I'm talking about sports though, okay? I'm, and sports they, too? And they have more news uh, news coverage out there. They have more outlets. I, uh, my point is they're not putting, they're not doing stories where like okay what's his name uh, i'm gonna bring this guy up the, the 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 brother bill guy was complaining because he said he said bills by a billion even though it's been around for 15 years and the buffalo news runs a story about it and like josh barnett is tweeting out we got quotes from buffalo B- brother bill and i'm like who the f- who in the name of god decided to do this story and like that does not happen anywhere it does not happen in jacksonville it does not happen in texas but also Sorry. The, the bills co-opted it too that's the other part of it like the bills oh, were just it. like hey let's jump on that that's good well, kind of like your least favorite dining meatballs thing but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stay away yeah, from we'll that we'll say that for the next one but <laughs> but like that's where i get i kind of get annoyed about it sometimes it's like what like the coverage is just sometimes weird it is and you're right about that it's just that if, if you're going to make your case that's the perfect point to to make there mm-hmm. with with that story but i do think you get a little bit of extremist when it comes to coverage like for an example like your point you complain like when they're writing about who's going to be the bill's sixth or seventh wide receiver that bill you're a fan you should care about that i do care about who the sixth or seventh receivers you're now, a weirdo maybe that's just your <laughs> i'm not a weirdo you're a weirdo a why would you fan. care about the sixth or seventh but here's the thing pat like, i care because we've been talking for about an hour and 10 minutes now and we've done nothing but talk about covid and and, and cole beasley pretty much oh well well you could talk about other things uh, that, like that are important to the bills like ed oliver's impact or tremaine edmonds or with this the the secondary being thin but like talking about like the seventh or eighth wide receiver it's impossible to really give any context to that because it's preseason and preseason's fake. But that's and that's what me, we talked about. That's and the job of a beat reporter, though, is to talk about those stories. No, those you, six, you get receivers. you get a beat you get a Bills beat reporter at a bar, and they're going to say all of the August coverage that they do is bullshit, and they're going to say it's bullshit that they need something to fill, and they throw that <laughs> up there, and all the weirdo Bills bloggers who love all twenty two are like, we got to break down this whatever the schmuck's name is from Green Bay. We got to he could he could be a, a star because he's doing great in in. And non-pad drills, and I'm like, what? Don't talk about touchdown, Jesus. Listen, that way, listen. You, when you got to break down tape of the Bills' third string against the Lions' third string and how they dominated the Lions' third string, take a breath, take yes, a lap, take, a, take breath. a breath. And that's and you were talking about how this entire like the media for the the Bills and the NFL is 24 seven. Like I don't find like t- talking about Ed Oliver or like things that matter that interesting right now because we talked about it in June, we talked about it in April. It's just we're retelling the story. So I'm like. Right now, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't really. I already gave my stance on all these things about, like, you know, in the past. It's like we got to regurgitate this again that we just talked about it in a month. Nothing has changed. They practicing. That's it. I don't want to talk too much about Twitter because there's a lot of people, and I've learned this through doing 360 something episodes of this. Jesus, I spent a lot of time. Some, yeah, sometimes I spend a lot of time, too much time, talking about stuff going on on Twitter, and I hear from people. I'm like. I'm not on Twitter. What are you even talking about? You know, so not everybody who listens even is on Twitter, let alone gives a shit about mm-hmm. what's going on. But I will say this. You, if you want, if Joe, if Joe from Queens is any kind of extremist, you're this passion or your passion for not liking Bill's fans is probably right there at the top, man. I don't want to say all fans, but you don't like, no, you don't it, like it, those. It's the weird, it's, it's, it's. Uh, it's a lot. Look, I've been on Bill's Twitter for 11 years as a blogger, 
as a podcaster. I've always had a little bit of a love-hate relationship with there, even going back to like 2013, 2014. It feels it, like more hate. Dude. Oh no, it, the love is gone. It's all. It's a lot of it, and it's just weird. There, I could. I do wish I had like a like one day I should like just write a post about why I hate Bill's Twitter because it's like a year and a half ago my like mortal enemies on Bill's Twitter were like the all 22 people and like John Worrell. They're not even on the top 15, 20 right now because they have been bypassed by this like this says constant like I, I, someone termed it the other day and I loved it like clout chasing Bills fans who are like desperate to get like like you know this reporter to come and cover them and like oh hey this guy got a Josh Allen Bills tattoo of the drawing let's get him in the the, the, the third story of the newscast that's like why and like they're trying to chase after and then the whole passive aggressive thing with the with the with the donating the charities of people you hate is weird the Allen stuff is super weird I don't wake up every day here's the thing I like the Bills but I don't wake up every day thinking, man, how am I going to show my love for the Bills more today on Twitter? You're not a fanatic. I know I'm going to get a, Bills, a Josh Allen tattoo or I'm going to get a, the, the drawing that Josh Allen did and tweet it to Josh Allen so everyone can like my tweet and then Jonah Javad could come over and do a story on me. I know he's not there anymore. <laughs> like, it's weird to me. And I, I just, I just don't care for that. And like that, that pisses me off. I, I, there's no objectivity at all. Like, like, and I'm, I think of myself as being objective about the bills. But like, this goes back to what I said before about it. I think reporters are worried how they're perceived to the mafia or whatever to some of these people. And like, you know, it's just like. It's just weird, and maybe because I'm an expat and I live in New York, and I don't mean to sound like an elitist New Yorker, but like I'm around other fans, and it's not the same thing. It's like, yeah, these people are crazy, a little bit, and like it's not a cool crazy man. It's a you're weird crazy, and like it just and like I would love for anyone to challenge me, and not challenge me, but tell me what did I say that was mean? Like I said. I understood. I'm going back to the tattoos thing. I understood. I understand why Bills, by fans get Bill that tattoos. I get it. Like Bills tattoos. Like, hey, you love the Bills. They're a big part of your life. Fine. But I was just trying to say that every design of a Bills tattoo I have ever seen are hideous. They look ugly. And I and and that's that's all I was trying to imply. And then the guy, sorry to be obsessive about this, but I'm weird. Uh, was got a Josh Allen drawing of a Bill symbol that everyone laughed at as being hilariously terrible, and he got it, and he got butt hurt because I said that tattoo looks goofy, and then like, and then, uh, you know, I get all these weirdos mentions, and I get randomly blocked by people I don't interact with, and like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to say like I feel bad, like I do kind of feel a little bad because like, look. It's my opinion. Like, if you want to talk to me about, it, like, I'm all, I'm always a mute guy. Like, if you don't like me, mute me. Like, you're gonna block me, so so I have to see you get retweeted. I'm like, hey, what's this person saying? Oh wait, I'm blocked. I can't see what they were getting <laughs> quote tweeted about. And I hate when that happens. Joe's Joe's philosophy is you block him, he's gonna block you back. Like that. Really yeah, and I'm, I, 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 yeah, and, and I'm, I'm honestly done more. I've done a lot of mutes. Like that's my big thing. Like if I see if I see a take where you, I can tell you're just pandering and like I, I mute you. I'm just like I can't hear this. And it's just it's just been going back. Even the Josh Allen like Mahomes thing. Like Mahomes does a, a throw from his knees, and then like everyone and everyone's like, wow, look at how great that throw is. And some asshole is like, well, what about this? that Josh Allen made four months ago and then he gets a thousand likes. I never get a thousand likes. I get like four. And I'm like, why is this guy getting this? That's called the Bradley Gelber effect. Right oh, you there. love that dude. <laughs> no, I want Brad to come down here. We gotta we gotta talk, we gotta we gotta iron this out one By day the between way, you no, and him. There might be a bar fight at that point. Nah, it ain't gonna be that I got bar Pat fight. in that fight if I'm being yeah, honest. But yeah, that, that's just kind of how it's a it, smart decision. But anyway, no. Yeah. So <laughs> Joe's going off here and me and yours are still pounding <laughs> away at our uh, at our Utica club. 
Joe, Joe's giving us a good opportunity to drink. No, you, know so what, thank you know what? You know what? You know what? Podcast pairing and, and Joe, because you're mainly a hockey guy, yours. You really don't know. I, I have Aaron Quinn on all the time. He, he's a, a Bills. He works. That for guy's Cumber an Wars. asshole too. No, he is not. No, I See, like it. I, I, he's, a, he's a friend of me. They're the complete. Okay. They're the complete opposite. Like Joe's this hothead who's going to go like Andy Bernard in the office and punch a hole through the wall. Whereas Aaron, to a fault, is almost like so even keeled that he yeah. never gets too high and too low. He never gets too high. What are you talking he about, Aaron? He is. Oh my God, that's bullshit. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. You could not say that to me. Like that's bullshit. All right. Anyway, go ahead with your promo on Aaron Quinn being like level-headed. He is level-headed. No, he's not. Compared are you that, kidding me? If he's level-headed, then I'm well, level-headed. Everyone's everyone's level-headed. Who's exclusive is 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 level-headed i'll say everybody's <laughs> level-headed compared to you anyway quinn's <laughs> level-headed all right so oh so Lord. yours and i a couple weeks ago talked about this i'm going to get a quick take from you as we're winding down here bill stadium stuff like again we've been talking so much about covid and, and cole beasley and all this stuff uh so the stadium by the way it's 100 going across the street i mean that's that's out there now that's happening reported like around 1.4 billion the bagulas want us to foot the bill foot the bill um, you know, the county obviously is not going to do that. Hopefully it'll meet somewhere in the middle. There's threats going on. A spokesperson for PSE is threatening to move them out. Uh, just let, let me get your quick take on that. Just about the whole stadium thing? Yeah, uh, just what do you think about, well, not about the whole stadium thing because we knew that was coming. That's not really news. But, like, what what's your take on, well, if it's a Pagula spokesperson, to me that's indicative of Pagula. So, like, what's your take on a spokesperson pretty much not pretty much, like literally saying, give us what we want and we're going to move. Now, I know that's a negotiating tactic early on, but still, that's not something that people want to hear right now, this early in the process. Yeah, it's it's it, the, the way they've come about it has been all wrong on all sides, you know, and like to have this weird guy who I don't know who this Jim Wilkerson guy is to come out and basically talk about like... Uh, like how, like how he's uh, like, you know, he's saying the city of Buffalo like needs to to figure this out. And it's like, no, dude, mm-hmm. like the city of Buffalo has nothing, nothing to do with this at all. Yeah. And I mean, if you want me to boil it down, is this? It's I think the Pagulas feel that they have put so much money into this team or not to, into our teams, into the city. You know, where you can look, you could. It doesn't take a scholar to look, dive, and see how they got pieces of land like severely discounted to to build Harbor Center, to build all these restaurants. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're done with it, and they want the the county and the state to pick up as much money as humanly possible, which I disagree with. I don't think, I think, I know we're going to, that the state is, county is going to end up paying, but from a moral standpoint, I don't think, like, the billionaires should pay for their own stadium. Yeah. And I feel that what makes it even more, like, a little bit annoying for me is that they're pick, They're going to build a new stadium in Orchard Park, which I'm like, why? Like, it just, I would rather, in my, if you wanted us to pick up the tab, mm-hmm. then, like, let's go for broke kind of in a way. And this yeah. is where I'm kind of, like, doing, like, a double standard a little bit, where try to make the, the stadium downtown, where you have, like, you have, like, condos you have new infrastructure you have like maybe god forbid a dome or something like that where you could get other events here or like a a new convention center or get an anchor i've always joked with uh chris ostrander from two in the box yeah we have this idea where they should do a beer hall of fame and that should be your anchor where it's a beer hall of fame so you see like buffalo and then you see like beer hall of fame exit like how many people would drive through and go holy shit i gotta go see this beer hall of fame and it's like it's just a, a huge all beers and whatever and like drinking halls and like artifacts and things like that like 
that to me would get me a little bit more excited about them talking about a stadium. Instead, you do it in an Orchard Park, which feels like no one. It's boring. Like it's no cheap one's gonna, land. It's cheap land. That's what it's all about. It's cheap land for what they they want to do. And I I don't think I don't think they're gonna move. At all, it's. I think the worst case scenario would be like the Pagulas would sell the team to someone else who wants to like. Oh yeah, I got a trillion dollars. I'll buy my own stadium and you know, and I'll make it there. Like because they're they're they would be frugal in this regards. But what they're doing is like you know that article that the Buffalo News ran like three weeks ago that was basically one source. It felt like from Albany. Yeah. And they didn't. And you can argue like they should have got the other side. Fine, whatever. But what was the other side going to really say that they were going to deny it and go, no, we're not like, yeah. and I, you know, the Pagulas do PSC does have more. Actually, I shouldn't say that Albany and the PSC has a, a, uh, a paper trail of being liars, both of them. So, right. but like, you know, I think when they saw that article, they got super defensive about that. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're having this. They, they, they could have easily released a statement and said, hey, we're going to be here. We're going to work with you guys. And that's it. Instead, they just were like, like oh, we got to have this guy talk to former Bills employees and like, <laughs> and like not go on any and just give one reporter a tour of the stadium because we know that reporter may not say anything afterwards, you know. Sorry, then, we'll, sorry, then, we'll the, then we'll have this bag man come out who worked for the W administration and just right. threaten everybody, shake his fist, and be like, "Well, if you don't want it, we're out of here." Yeah. Like, okay, guy, cool. Like, it's yeah. Everything about it was very ham-fisted. Yeah. About like trying to cover your ass and just be like, "Oh yeah, no, yeah, we wanted 1.4 billion, but we didn't want to give it any of the arena. It's all going to be for the stadium in Orchard yeah, Park." And like, it, okay, great. Like, thanks for clearing that up. I guess. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, thanks, and it's like there. I, I don't know how much it's like. I don't live here. You guys do. Like, I don't have the pulse of the town, how they feel about the Pugulas. Like, do they hate them? Do they love them? Like, I go by social media. I think Sabres fans despise them. They hate them. Yes. I think, I think Bills fans, it's, it depends. It's kind of a mix. Like, I, I do feel like if you're, if you're both a big – if you're like a 50-50 Bills and Sabres fan, you probably think they, 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 the Pugulas suck. But if you're like a 90% Bills fan and, like, you watch the Sabres, oh, when I'm – when they're on at the bar and you're there yeah. randomly. You probably think the Pagulas are the greatest thing ever because they saved the team, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's kind of, I think, what they've done the last t- year and a half has been horrible. Like, we've talked about this, like with firing people. They made the Sabres into a penny stock and, like, you could just completely tell that they don't care a shit about them. And, like, you know, they're asking money, like you just said, for the, the for the stadium, but they're not asking for any money for Key Bank Center, which tells me, like, they're not going to do anything there. Yeah. And, like, I, I think you're you're a 300-pound – you're a 300-pound story, story away from some guy sitting in the seat and breaking it probably. Yeah. You know, at this point. So it's just – you know, it's, it's, it's going to get worked out. But, like, I, I don't – I get annoyed when I see fans on Bill's Twitter like say this is well this is just a negotiation. It doesn't I get that, but like you can like have a, like a little bit of a stance and be like why are we paying this? Like why should we do this? There are countless articles out there that having a new stadium doesn't do anything for the economy. It doesn't result in more jobs. It may have done that if it was downtown, like cuz at least you would have had condos and infrastructure infrastructure all that. beer hall of fame. I don't know, put Shays Buffalo in the stadium. I don't know. Like, you know, like you could have done that, but there's not, there's, it's not going to make any new jobs at all in Orchard Park. I don't no. care if they have a Bills Hall of Fame there 
or like you know, or shrines, or like the long lost Russ Brandon tapes. Like no one's gonna go there. Like they're gonna go there once and then be like, okay, we're done. You know, <laughs> sorry. You're good, man. You're is this the longest podcast you've ever done? No, it's not even close. Well, actually, it is getting up there. But yours, before, before I let you go, man. So we're about to turn the page on August. And God, it's ad nauseum how many times we've talked about this. But guess who's still a Buffalo Sabre right now? Take a guess. He's a captain. He wears number nine. When is this going to be over with, man? I mean, it, it, there's not even any news coming out lately. At least give me some rumors from something, man. What the hell's going on? When is this shit going to happen? We're about to hit September now. There's emojis coming out. That's yeah. all that's coming out from Jack Huckle's <laughs> Twitter. I say, yeah, Jack, Jack's tweeting out emojis. Um, this thing, people have been asking questions. You know, I mean, obviously the first question was like, oh, Jack could ever play for him again. And I was like, no. But now the question is: Is he ever going to play for him again, or is he going to be at the ro- be on the roster technically bef- as the season starts? Right, and I'm yes. like, I think he's going to be at this point because nobody's in a rush to do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's August. This is when everybody goes to the cottage. They go to vacation. They don't want to do any. They don't want to do any business. Right. I mean, I remember when they traded for Jeff Skinner in August a few years ago, and it was just like, holy shit, somebody did something in August. That's crazy. But like, the NHL only works on deadlines. And there's a couple of soft deadlines on the way. Like when training camp starts, that's a soft deadline. When the season starts, that's another soft deadline. They don't. I mean, Adams at this point is not stressed by any of that. And honestly, I really feel it's Terry and Kim holding holding the reins on everything when it comes to that. And the decision is ultimately theirs. And if they're deciding, like, we're going to hold the line on what we want to get and we're not going to accept anything less. Okay, like that, you, like you're just kind of your hands are tied at that point because, but this is where, and this is my conspiracy theory when it comes to this. This is where the how bad the O'Reilly trade turned out has the snowball effect down the road because now they're like, well, we look like assholes for doing that. We're not going to do that again. So hold the line, Kevin. You got to hold that line. Get what we want. And we'll do it then. But now they won't deviate. And now people are saying like, well, maybe they got to eat a, maybe they got to pay part of Eichel's contract to get him out to get, you know, to extract the price they want, which is a great idea. But they, but Terry's shown he doesn't want to pay people to go beat him down the road. Which, hey, I, I get it. He didn't want to pay O'Reilly to get a better price out of St. Louis when that would have been an infinitely better idea. Sure. So do you think he's going to pay Jack like? Whoever trades for him, you think he's going to pay like one or two million dollars on that ten million dollar contract for the next five years? Is he going to pay a fifth of that contract? No. Is he going to pay a tenth of that contract? No, he doesn't want to do that. He's like, if he's going to go and beat us, then I don't want to do that. So they're going to hold the line, and I don't, I don't like how that turns out because to me, the more time you spend on frittering away with this, you lose leverage. Now. Sabres hold, I mean, they, they hold, they hold the stick. Like Jack's got a contract. He has to, has to show up, whatever. But when they come in for physicals, that to me is another soft deadline because if he comes in and he fails that physical right away, then it's just like, all right, well, any team you've been negotiating with, like, yeah, no, 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 we'll get it figured out. Like now they know, like if he can't play, then he's fucked. But if he can play, then Jack looks like an asshole. And the Sabres can be like, well, see, we told you. And then if they trade them, well, when they trade them, teams are going to know, like, well, this guy's a malcontent. He just wanted out of there, which I think everybody kind of understands anyways. But, like, 
when it comes to negotiating a trade, none of these things work out positively. So to me, if you're able to soften your stance a little bit, now I'm not saying like take two shitty veterans, a, you know, a lower, you know, a lesser than prospect and a bad draft pick. Like, don't do that. But come off it a little, a little tiny bit. Like, they want four pieces. They want a, like, they want a first round pick. They want two prospects. And they want a guy. You can soften that up a little bit. You can tweak it. You can still get four pieces, but maybe you just soften it a little bit. You know, instead of like the two top prospects, you take like, all right, give us your first. We'll take your fourth or fifth, but you still got to give us your first round pick in 22 or 23. There's so many ways you can get this done in the right way. But I, you know, to Kevin's credit or to his detriment, he's holding a very hard line. We'll see where it goes from there. But like right now, I, I'm convinced they're going to start camp, and this is going to be a huge fucking deal. And that first day of camp is going to be a nightmare for anybody who comes to the podium, for Adams, for um, for Don Granato. Like Don Granato is the, le- the least the guy I'm least worried about talking about this because he doesn't care. Like Don wants to keep him on the team. Like Don feels like he can. I bet Don feels like he could sell him and be like, "No, dude, you're our guy. Stay here. Let's do this." Mm-hmm. Like Don's that kind of dude. Where Adams is probably just like, "No, fuck him. We're going to trade him at some point." But I'm gonna get the price I want. If he and if he doesn't play, so be it. But the the stress that they've had about you know like you know well if he's gonna get the operation he's gotta get it by X day, you know this time to be ready for the start of the season whatever. Time's ticking, man. Like if three weeks is the is the least he would miss. Well, I don't know. Three weeks from now is like a week before camp starts. I don't know if I'm a team that really wants to get him in before camp. I would make that deal and be like, all right, dude, go get operated on right now. Yeah. But if they don't care and they're like, well, if he misses the first month, whatever, we're still going to get a guy for the next four four years and, you know, 11 twelfths of, you know, his career. Great. Cool. But I don't know, man, like all this, all the stress deadlines that they've had leading up to this have all passed without anything happening. So I, I'm convinced that this is just going to go very long and the team does not feel any stress whatsoever about getting this done. One more thing here, so and and this is for Joe for Queens, and then actually we're gonna end. I, I got a little something that I'm gonna have Joe from Queens do as well, in lieu of our starting five draft for this week. But so Joe from Queens was again fashionably late for this podcast, and while Joe Yurden and I were patiently waiting and drinking a little bit of Utica Club here, we were talking about wrestling and kind of how the fact that I really have not followed wrestling much over the last, I'd probably say, close to two years now, especially since COVID started. And that I, I've heard a lot about AEW. I've watched a little bit here, a little bit there, but I never really got into it. And we, and, and yours and I started talking about CM Punk and him being back and that being a needle mover and that I we watched it Friday. Well, Joe watched it live. I saw it later on on YouTube. I was out Friday. And that I'm kind of in now. And I watched a, at least some of AEW last night on Wednesday night for the first time, maybe maybe in forever. And now I'm going to give it a shot. I'm in. So I want to ask Joe from Queens because back in the day when we used to try to do more wrestling stuff before I realized that, like, ain't no one, we were being really self-indulgent because Joe from Queens is a huge wrestling fan, as am I. Listeners really didn't give a shit. It didn't move the needle. But we were just kind of <laughs> feeding our own purposes here and talking wrestling. But... I want to ask you this quickly here. CM Punk coming back to AEW, what do you think of that? And where did that rank last Friday, like in terms of needle movers and like with comebacks? I mean, we knew he was coming back, but like when that music hits and they come to the ring, like some of the other big returns that you could think of, like where does that rank for you? Uh, 
I would say it ranks near the top of me. He's been gone for like seven years. I can't really think of too many other wrestlers who were gone for like seven years and they came back and actively was a wrestler. Like, you know, you get Ultimate Warrior who was gone for like 20 years and then he comes back for his Hall of Fame speech and, mm-hmm. and then dies the next day, which was crazy, but I digress. Um, but yeah, I put that up there as like, a, it was a great promo. It was a great reaction. It was very organic. And I felt I felt happy for, happy for him because like, he has a very like I like CM Punk a lot. Like you I could like tell how pumped he was. Too, yeah, how yeah. Happy. And he has such an interesting view on life where like he's kind of come full circle when he like left. He was so bitter and angry at wrestling, and now he totally seems like he loves everything right now. And he's done a bit of a, like a 180, and I find I find that very fascinating for him in terms of like wrestling. Like, is this going to put wrestling back on the map and and like, get more fans? I don't really think so. Is AEW a legitimate threat to overtake WWE now? Because we do know that Daniel Bryan's coming there as well. Uh, uh, maybe. I mean, it's it's it depends. I mean, their ratings, like WWE, like Raw does twice as better than like the AEW Dynamite does. Um, but I guess like sometimes you can you could skewer that because like younger people watch AEW versus WWE is like fifty plus year olds. But I think in the I think they have a chance to do that. I, I could t- I'll tell you guys some stories off off podcast <laughs> podcast from what I've heard. And like I, I I'll tell you a little bit. I, I had I went out uh, away once uh, in the summer and I with my uh, fiance and her friend's husband used to be like one of the head writers there for like nine years and he was dishing all about how crazy Vince McMahon is. And I'm not saying crazy like in a like. Oh, he's just a crazy. I'm talking like his mind just is, goes in a hundred different directions, and I really do feel that's why WWE isn't where they are, and they've because the guy kind of forgets things, and he's a little bit has a little bit of Trump in him where he's just kind of belligerent and doesn't remember shit and blah blah blah. blah. But I don't I don't think it's it, it, they have a possibility, but I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't think wrestling's ever going to get to what it was like for attitude no. or popularity. Mm, I agree. I think there's just it's just not cool, and like I don't know if he can add to that maybe, but. It's it's everyone keeps talking about oh there needs to be this other wrestling boom I've been hearing it for 15 years yeah like it's coming soon mm. and it hasn't come and like I don't think it's going to I think I think society has evolved there's other things that people are more into whereas like 20 years ago when there was like the Attitude Era there wasn't as much stuff on TV as there is now there wasn't YouTube or anything like that a lot of things have like died out but I do think I do think they can be competitive if, if TNT keeps providing for them and like they have deep freaking pockets and i do think their product's better than wwe they have a chance um but it's weird like i don't know what they have to do like to really overtake them like do you move dynamite to to to, to monday and do the the war again and that, mm. all that sort of stuff i guess you could do that maybe but um we'll see what happens i, I i'm skeptical about it because i do think wrestling is just it's not as big as it was once yeah. was. Does CM Punk going to AEW, does that move the needle for you, Yerds? Does that move the needle for you? Does that make you want to watch? I think it's it does. And I, you know, I come from a weirder spot when it comes to him because I remember I remember seeing him debut on NWA TNA like back forever ago. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he's skinny punk kid. He's got like blonde ble- bleach blonde hair. You know, his two main tattoos were like a Pepsi logo and the Cobra from G.I. Joe yep. logo. And you're just yep. like, all right, who's this kid? And then you see him in the ring. You're like, okay, there's maybe there's something here. And then when he jumped to, you know, he did Ring of Honor for so long. And then he jumped in WWE. And I was like, well, how's this going to go? Because, like, his whole attitude forever was just always, like, kind of counterculture. You know, like, he was straight edge, the whole thing. And you're like, wow, this guy's, this guy's going to WWE. Like, it, it's earned. It's deserved. 
but never really made sense. And it was like, it feels like this whole, like, and even this, with AEW and WWE happening, it feels like AEW is for the marks. And this is like inside wrestling shit. Like, right. It's for the, you know, the smart marks that are on the websites, they're on Twitter, and they're just like, I want it to be this way. I want it to be like, wrestling should be like this. WWE is for the regular casual fan and for the kids. Yeah. And I think there's room for both of that. But with Vince running WWE, he believes there's no room for that because the, anybody who's a direct threat to him is they they got to go. Yeah. And I think some of the decisions they've made the last couple of months have been like, boy, you're just going to throw a lot more fans at, at your competition. But he doesn't feel their competition because they they make so much money. They do so, so much whatever. But I think there's also part of it that like WWE is probably looking to sell. Like Vince is probably looking to get out. Like he's going to sell to like Disney or NBC or Comcast or like whatever it is. But like they've cut so many people that like the mark the mark fans loved, and they like as soon as their 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 uh, non compete ended, they were immediately in AEW. Yeah. And there's more coming too, right? And like those guys, I mean, it's not like they get thrown right to the top of the ladder. Like they don't need to be. Like they just need to show up and be good. Like yeah. be how they used to be. Like and it works for them. Like yeah. AEW can make anything work right now because they're not beholden to just doing pushing certain guys doing things a certain way. And doing whatever, like it's 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 more. It feels more natural. All right, so this is how I want to end this podcast. Now, typically every week, day two <laughs> on day two. Yeah. Typically, yours and I, we do our starting five draft. We will do that next week, and I will spend a significant amount of time bitching about this latest blowout. We did hair bands. <laughs> Joe crushed me, which I, I still think is bullshit. It is. Bon Jovi got a lot of hatred, which I should have known because it's Buffalo. If this would have been any other city, I guarantee you this would have been a lot closer. But anyway, we'll save that for next week. Instead of doing that, in honor of Joe from Queens being here, and in honor of spending so much time on Cole Beasley and Twitter and saying that Sean McDermott couldn't get him off Twitter, Let's say Joe could, and this is how I want to end this. Joe, I want you to name five people that if you were in charge of Twitter right now and you had the ability to ban them from Twitter, like say Twitter banned Donald Trump, you can name any five people right now, give me five names, and they're banned from Twitter. You'll never see one of their tweets again. Anyone, no one will ever see one of their tweets again. Clay Travis, number one, he's horrible, and he is the worst mm-hmm. sports person out there. And mm-hmm. I can go on, but one, him, your homeboy, the Portno guy, whatever the hell his name is from Barstool. Dave, really? Yeah, he's out, gone. Okay, I don't need it's, him. it's your poll. It's he's fair. gone. Um, you know what? I'm going to say it right now. Paul Hamilton. How do you like it now, wow. How do you like it now? You're gone, buddy. You got to block everyone who doesn't even interact with you and like because they swore woods. I've been blocked by him for 14 years. I've never tweeted him once in my life. Yeah, so he's gone. Got a fourth one. Who do I hate? God, I'm trying to think. All uh, oh, the cover one, cover one. I want this, the whole staff gone. Dogs. I want, I want them off. Even though like they don't annoy me as much as they used to, I just want them gone because they're, they're too smug. Like they need to go. And I, I like I, those guys. <laughs> they, yeah, they, you are fucked. They up. need to go. Okay, and then five. Oh gosh, who do I despise? All right, so just a recap. All right, so you went Dave Portnoy, not in any specific order here. Clay Travis, mm-hmm. 
cover one. Come on, man. All the cover one staff. I'm putting them all together. He's, he's gone. I'm not even going to get into what happened with cover one and another blogger. Well, anyways, that'll be ahead. another discussion for yeah. another time. I like those guys. But anyway, uh, Paul Hamilton. All right, so you got one more. Paul Hamilton. Okay. okay, then my fifth one, I'm going to eliminate... The Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> <laughs> so no Rachel Bush. Oh, no. Wait, are we still recording? Okay. I know that. No. Rachel Bush. Yes. Sorry. I'm taking Rachel Bush. Uh, you know what? I'm going to replace cover one. Cover one, you're safe. Enjoy your 75 film studies. Uh, yes. Rachel Bush. She's in there. Yes. Get her out of here. Her fake bullshit. She was she was much better when she was tweeting pictures of her and her boobs and her kids. <laughs> and give, now she just tweets fake news. I'm gonna, give, fake I'm, I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna leave you guys with a with a hot take. Oh, I don't know if it's a hot take. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I know it's gonna be amongst you guys. Because Joe, you're in, aren't you in the reach of was I'm blocked by her. Club? I just found this out the other day. Yeah, yeah, like because I went to go look for her insane latest insane tweets, and I was like, why isn't she coming up in my search? And I was like, let me just go to the handle. And like, yep, you're blocked. I was like, wow. Cool. Not it's probably a- because I responded to him on a few things that she said, and she was like, yep, nope, whatever. Okay, I'm taking Paul Hamilton out. He's lucky again. Stefan Mahailu, gone. It's like, not he's nice. gone. There nice. we go. So it's mostly political with some sports. But yes, Rachel Bush, Stefan Mahailu, your homeboy at Barstool, and uh, Clay Travis. And who was the fifth guy? I'm already lost. Who did I throw I out know. of there? Buffalo Sabres. No, uh, yeah. Yes, Buffalo Sabres. Yes, gone. <laughs> Listen to me, man. I am... Um, not only does Rachel Bush not have me blocked, she actually follows me on Twitter. Oh, and wow. here's here's the unpopular opinion. I know you ain't gonna like this. I don't I don't agree with none of the shit she says politically or Be about careful COVID, here, dude. But I I, I I like Rachel, man. She's always been cool to me. She's a nice person. And this is where I gotta draw the line, or not draw the line, or I try to anyway, where between I could disagree with somebody and what they say and, and, and still kinda like them. I know you're looking at me like I'm. How has she been nuts. nice to you? I I'm just, curious. What, did she nice like to... your tweet? And, and by the way, I'm telling you, I've had conversations with her. I'm, I'm telling you, she was. Are you having to... an affair with Rachel Bush? That's how you're I, trying to talk about I, I am not. Breaking let me, news. Let me say this too. All right, because I know there's a lot of thirst, and this is what I do hate too. So if I was going to complain about one, you know how you hate Bill's Twitter? I hate thirsty Twitter. Like there's people out there on Twitter that will Rachel Bush gets threatening to blow the world up and they would say blow it up baby you know whatever those mm. thirsty dudes out there I ain't that dude I'm literally more than twice her age and I'm fucking ugly alright so it ain't it ain't nothing like that she's one of those people though I'm, I'm just telling you I try to get along with everybody even if I don't agree with them that's just how I am I, I like Rachel Bush man I think she's pretty cool I know there's a lot of people listening are gonna give me a lot of shit I wish this was a video because Joe from Queens has given me the ugliest look ever man but Oh, man, that, on that note, we, we need to sign off so I can yeah. get out of this freaking bar and not be by you. <laughs> that is true. All right, we are going to wrap this up. All right, from Casey's BlackRock here, 44 Amherst. You've been hearing people in the background. we got a nice crowd going on, nice place here. As always, my man, Joe Yurden. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Yurden. Joe from Queens in Buffalo, man. Yeah, I, mean, I, leave, I leave Saturday. I'm out of here. Make sure you follow me or mute me. One of those two. <laughs> Probably mute. Yeah. Talk to you guys later. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.